passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Mike Chipos, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. Yes, it is my voice again. We're back here with Danny and Country Club Kobe, DK Dank Wagers. This is the first of many episodes to air in the year 2022. And it is the first episode of season three of the ankle pick pod. Season one was a half year. Unbelievable season two. We had a full year of just absolute banger episodes. Now we're here for season three and we're coming with a unique episode today. So the last episode of 2021 was UFC awards looking over the entire year we bring another one, interesting one, before we get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, we got a little, I don't know if we've ever seen this in years past, but it's UFC futures for each division. And so it's who will be holding gold or the belt by this time, 2023. So on December 31st, 2022, who is holding gold? Interesting. So we'll go through, we'll, we'll go quickly through the women's divisions. As you know, Danny's going to find some sort of dog most likely. And then we'll work our way through the men's division. Just talk about potential sleeper picks or safe money picks or wherever, whatever you want to call it, but we'll go through these here. And then there's also some interesting, not mentioned names that I found. At least I, I know one in particular. So before we get into it, boys, and we'll start with women's, uh, not flyweight, women's straw weight. Do you guys have anything you want to say uh, in 2022? First, anything you want to say regarding the podcast or just life in general? I mean, it is a new year. We are still alive. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. To the ankle. Happy pick. New Season. Happy New Season. Another good thing. Yeah, very excited to cash some freaking tickets in 2022. And I can't this what i think january 17th card or whatever cannot come soon enough i'm dying here okay so let's start it off and all these if you want to follow along every single prop pictured here or or i guess we're not pictured but every single prop here if we get a video up we'll have these inserted but are on betonline.ag and you just go to mma futures and you can get the list for yourself so starting off first is women's ufc straw weight champion by end of 2022 any guesses for who the favorite is and before you guess i'll give you a hint no one in this division have a minus in front of their name which is rare 
Good for me to guess. Any either. Do do any of them? I, I know all the lines. I'm proud. Oh, you do, Dan. Dan, do you know all lines too? I mean, not off the top of my head, but I'm pulling them up as we talk about it. It's all right, all right. Not so fuck much the, fun guessing game. All right, fuck but Rose, Rose has got to be the favorite. Yeah, it is Rose. She's currently fuck. holding gold. She's beaten Whaley twice. Fuck the guessing game. So we got Rose at plus 275. Here's my favorite, I think. Uh, Carla Esparza plus 350. I really think at some point this calendar year, Carla Esparza captures gold. Now, the key for this bet would be at what point do they book that fight and at what point, like, because if she wins it in July and doesn't defend it, that's a nice little win there. Um, JJ at 450. Don't love that. I know she was eyeing Wei Lee, who's also here at 450. Dan, back to back your girls here. We got Marina Rodriguez at 650 and Mackenzie Dern at 750. So it's it's really tough because, like you said, you kind of get have to get the matchup, and Rose is not someone who's been an active fighter really ever. So, like you said, it's it's almost like guessing because I think she'll beat Carla. It's like guessing who her second matchup is going to be, and I think it's smart money on either Marina Rodriguez or Mackenzie Dern, being that Joanna and Whaley are probably going to match up and and just timing might not work out. I like that. I the think- other thing too, is like both Wei Lee and JJ have fallen to Rose twice. Are they really trying to make that a third one when there's fresh blood in the division? I don't think so. So you can mark those off. So Carlos Sparza plus three fifty. I, I like, and, and one of the things that I found interesting is Yao Zhao Nan is 20 to one. And I know she got rolled by Esparza, but do you think there's any way where she picks up a win in her next match? So let me, let me butt in real quick. Yeah. Marina Rodriguez and Yao Zhao Nan are scheduled for March 5th. Wow. Okay. So that, so there's a chance that winner of that gets the shot. I think that's a pretty likely scenario. And I think that, I mean, there's going to be a principle that's true in every single one of these divisions. You don't really need, per se, these people to be holding gold. You need a title shot that you can hedge against because, yeah, that too. I mean, in a lot of divisions, you're going to have favorites that, I mean, we're see, we see it every time that are big, big prices to pay. I mean, especially in the other women's divisions, like you get a matchup against Valentina or Amanda Nunes, and it's just, I don't know, a free hedge. So let's- back to Reese's question. I'm not convinced that Zhao Nan would get the next title shot, but if Marina Rodriguez beats Zhao Nan, which I think she'll be favored in that one, and I, I'm sure you guys would agree with that. Yeah. I, it's got to be Marina Rodriguez that gets the next shot no, at Rose. I, because I, she's she's I, coming no. off three wins. Hebas, Watterson, and Dern. She beat Dern in what, October? Yeah, no. So this is this is the way you got to look at it. Um, Carlos Barza, Rose Namiunas is the next title bout. That is happening. So who, whoever you think is going to win, um, the question is, that who do they draw next? And and I I, I think Zhao, uh, Yao Zhanan is is a good bet at twenty to one though because her striking's phenomenal. She I mean she was a one win. I mean she got embarrassed by Carlos Sparza, but let's just say Rose beats her. She beats Marina Rodriguez and then she fights Rose for the title. That's doable. Um. But I, I think the best bet here is is Marina Rodriguez, Danny's girl at 650. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah. That's what I have circled. The other thing that I feel like is good, and you'll see this on the rest of the – when we compare the rest of the odds, Rose being the current champion at plus 275 is very interesting. 
She's like not bad at all. I mean, you're gonna get value every time she fights. She's one of the only plus. She's one of the only plus money lines on out of all of the champions, which is interesting. All right, so here's how we're gonna do this, boys. We're gonna do if you have a good play or or your best play for this division, shout it out. Um, I, I think it sounds like though, as a community, we're, we're eyeing that Marina Rodriguez plus six fifty. If someone's going to put some harder in cash there, for sure, that's that's the most attractive number that I see. But like you said, the I mean, Rose Nama Yunus is at the plus value is definitely doesn't that kind of doesn't that kind of seem trappy though? Oh, for sure. But this for whole me it seems a little strawway, it's been trappy. Yeah. Even the way that Rose beat Wei Lee that first time felt trap. I mean, whatever. So I think it sounds like best bet. We're all saying Marina Rodriguez. I still think if you want like a, a crazy long shot, Yang Janan is, uh, being at 20 to one. I mean, you got Amanda Hebas and Amanda Lemos ahead of her, and they're farther away from a title shot, in my opinion, at least so I thought. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the direct title path, we laid it out. She beats Marina, and there's a lot of talk that it hurts. Okay, let's move on to women's flyweight. And everyone here is probably just like, oh, I know exactly what this is. And can I be completely honest? I know that the the way 2021 ended with Amanda Nunes falling makes this one a little shakier. But Valentina Shevchenko is minus 600. I feel like that's not a bad bet. Why would she ever, uh, unless there's like a shocking retirement or something, which I don't really see. I feel like there's almost no scenario where Valentina, especially because there's the option of her going up to Bantamweight and trying to be double champ or like other types of fights that might make this uh, less likely to be challenged. Um, then you got Talia Santos at plus 800, Caitlin Jukakian at plus 800, Vivian Arujo plus 1200, Manion Foro, Danny, your girl plus 1200, Andrea Lee plus 1200, Alexa Grasso plus 1600. Jennifer Maya plus 2000. I I think the only possible play you can make here is Shevchenko. I don't think any of the other girls really stand a chance. Yeah. Th- I mean, this, this is a pass for me. The only thing that I might look at is that chook number. It's like the principle that I said earlier, it's, it's more so you don't need them to get the title. You need them to get it quick title shot maybe and i could see she, that Chuk well, going on a streak thing, and getting one before she the retires one thing interesting though the one thing interesting dan is has yukiki not fought valentina yet thought she did yeah she did shevchenko it, it, granted it was early 2020 but shevchenko closed in the minus 1200s so that would be a tough one to try to get value on yeah i mean it's tough you know who's not wait do you know who's not there? No Jessica Andrade. That is interesting. Hmm. No She's Jessica not- Andrade, no Lauren Murphy. Those are the interesting ones I see. I think uh, Lauren Murphy had her shot. And- yeah, I, I know how you feel about Lauren Murphy. So interesting. I've got no interest in betting this division. Yeah, so I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. Okay, so... Women's bantamweight. We just had a changeup. Okay. This one I think is the best bet of, of all. We just had a changeup. Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes for the bantamweight strap. Here's what we got. 
Amanda Nunez is only minus 115. I know a year ago today, this is technically a losing bet, but you're looking at minus 1,000. Amanda Nunez is minus 115. Juliana Pena plus 200. Holly Holm plus 600. Irene Aldana plus 650. Ketlin Vieira plus 1,100. Aspen Ladd plus 1,400. Misha Tate plus 1,400. Raquel Pennington plus 2,000. Women's Bantamweight. Nunez is the bet. I mean, it's... We're talking about us hitting here, talking about taking her as a good bet at minus 600 if she doesn't lose to Juliana Pena. We're having the same conversation we just had with Valentina, and there's, like, nothing to talk about if that one night went a little bit differently. But (laughs) The only thing, and tell me if this is concerning, have you lost faith in Amanda Nunes in the fact on how quickly she tapped, how quickly she gassed out, she has a family now. She has a wife now. Like her desire to compete, does that bother you at all when when placing this bet? Because it kind of does for me. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if 2022 um, holds Amanda Nunez's potential exit of the of the sport or or hiatus even maybe take a year off. That would definitely be a bet, Rooter. But I don't see a situation where she's entering any single fight with less than minus three, four, 500 on that number. So right now, the open on Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena two is the Amanda Nunes minus 330, Juliana Pena plus 270. So basically, I mean, you, you, you take Amanda Nunes minus three, uh, minus 115 is similar, kind of the same thing in a, in a way. Cause you're basically assuming that she'll fight Juliana Pena, you know, springtime, maybe have to defend it one more time. If she's not, but we're also talking her. about Nunez who's go, who could go up one more weight too. And she could still hold like if after she fights right. Pena, she could fight up and not, then that one only gets contested once. Exactly. I think the one fifteen is the only way to play this. And that's, and, and the chances of her, you know, leaving the octagon for whatever personal reasons is worth the minus one fifteen. Okay. Let me ask you a follow-up question then. Let's just omit, let's just say, okay, no Amanda Nunez. Like we, we're trying to get some plus value here. Where's your play? I, I think Arena Aldana no is a great shot. Well, no play, but let's just say, like, let's just say Amanda Nunez steps aside or something like that. I agree, no play. But Juliana Pena versus Arena Aldana, I like Arena Aldana. I guess I like her in that matchup, but I, it's still not worth the play to me. All right. So we're on only, Nunez and only Nunez here. I mean, if you're, if you're going to, if, I'm picking someone just based on the number. I like that Ketlin Vieira, honestly, too. Ooh, Ketlin Vieira, 1,100. Yeah, the other three, Aspen Ladd, Misha Tate, and Rocky are definitely passable. Um, where Ketlin Vieira is five, so she has a shot, too, pretty easily to maybe be a win off that next contention. Um, definitely a more interesting division than, we, than it, it ever has been. All right, and we'll do this one just because we'll go through them all. But women's featherweight, we got. I think there's sneaky value play here. Are you going to hit us with the Norma? What about Kayla Harrison? I, I had a feeling you were like you just it. said. I know. Like you just said. What are the chances that Amanda? Like we have, we lost a little bit of faith in Amanda Nunez. I know but that you she's also. Beatable. 
you also have to realize that you're so really quickly for the listeners, the odds on women's UFC featherweight, Amanda Nunes minus 600, Kayla Harrison plus 325, Norma Dumont plus 1100, Aspen Ladd plus 1200. Here's my question for you. Are you really going to place money on someone who's not even in the UFC? I think that that's the super fight. That's the one to make. I think that's the next fight that Kayla Harrison has I, is Amanda Nunes. I know that's the fight that Dana wants to make and all the promoters want to make, but like, I just think about the bureaucracy that's going to go into making this bout. And it's like, I wouldn't bet money that it happens in 2022. I don't know. That's the risk. I I, I like that plus 325. I think we just saw Amanda get out grappled by someone who's an inferior grappler to Kayla. And I'm so confident in that. Interesting. There's value here. Let me ask you a question. Let's just say the line happens. What do you set the line at for, for Nunez Harrison? It depends on how Nunez looks and taking her strap back from pain. Let's just say this is her next fight. Right now, I think that Kayla Harrison is, it, I think it's a lot closer than the minus 300 that she's got. I have the line in front of you. I have, or I have the line in front of me. There is a I've, futures line on. I don't know, minus fight. 180 Nunez? It's, it's Nunez minus 240. Kayla Harrison plus 205. So, yeah. so you're basically getting an extra 150 in the fact that she comes over, gets the deal done, takes the fight, and wins. I feel like you'd almost be better off just betting the fight straight up if it happens. Yeah, why not? But that's but the one I circled. That's the one you like there? I don't, I don't hate it. I'm saying, like, if I had to pick someone for that division, that's a lot more appetizing than the minus 600. I just think there might be a different way to play that one. Okay. Um, men's flyweight. And this one's weird because this is one of the other divisions that has a plus for every single person. We got Brandon Moreno plus 190. Figgy plus 350. Askar Askarov plus 350. Henry Cejudo plus 700. Don't throw your money away. Alex Perez plus 800. Pantoja plus 800, which I, I, I am shocked he's not in that figgy ask air mix. Brandon Royvelle plus 1200. Kai Car France was 1200. Bontorin plus 1400. And Nicolau plus 2000. Dan, really quickly, preliminary off those names. Is someone missing to you? Um, I was thinking about it. Where's Manel Cape? Manel Cape is the guy that was missing for me. I know he's farther down the list. Um, he's even below like David Dvorak, Matt Schnell, like those guys arguably. But Manel Cape's the guy that like seemingly, I mean, he he's fought Pantoja. He's fought, like he seemingly is the guy that they're trying to kind of funnel up. He could be a good ambassador for Africa. I know they have a, a couple ambassadors already, but. That one surprised me. I mean, I would love to take Manel Cape at a 20 to one long shot to take that flyweight strap. He beat Sumagulov. I guess he lost to Nikolau and Pantoja, but nonetheless, that one I, I felt was weird to not have him on there at all, but there's a lot of value here and every name is plus money. So, so where who's holding gold at men's 125? That's the question. Who's holding gold a year from now? Men's 25 is going to be Asker Askarov. But the best bet on the list is Kai Kara Franz. Don't blink at twelve hundred. Man is speedy as hell. No, 
I know Reese is going to hate on that city kickboxing yeah. take. Well, it's 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 even less about the city kickboxing and more about like he he got subbed by Brandon Royval. He also was, I believe, he was losing to Bontorin or Nam, one of the two, before he got. I think it was, I think it was Bontorin, and then he caught him. Um, and then I I do think the Garbrandt victory propelled his name. I just don't know how close he is to a title shot, but. He is booked for March 26th to fight Askar Askarov. Winner of that. Guess. I don't see who else is getting that. The other thing, too, though, that you need to you need to weigh here. The other thing, too, you need to weigh here is we have Figgy Moreno coming up, too. Yeah, in three Figgy weeks. Moreno three. So I, I that of all the title bouts, I feel like that one's the least like guaranteed. Pantoja doesn't have a fight scheduled. And I was pretty convinced that he was going to get a look at a title shot Me too. before they scheduled Figgy Moreno three. So that's my best bet on the card. I, it's, I think it's possible Pantoja just slides into the next title shot and there might only be two fights with the strap on the line this year. Honestly, I'm, I'm with you, Kobe. And, and I think Pantoja pending cardio can beat both Moreno and Figgy. I mean, he's already beaten Moreno. I think he beats I don't. I just don't understand how you give it to Pantoja over Askarov if Askarov no. fights and wins against Kai Car France and has a victory in the last, like, two years over Pantoja. No, I, I that part I agree. Askarov Like, Askarov will be on the longer streak with the victory over the other yeah, guy. Yeah, no, I, I think Askarov's ahead. I do. I and think the you're draw right. to Brandon Moreno, I mean, it's it's – Split decision, or yeah, split draw. No, this there's a lot of names that we all like in this division. I, I think it's a particularly tough one to handicap, but I just like that eight to one number on Pantoja and the off chance that he gets the title shot. I also don't like Moreno at 190. I love Moreno. And Danny, you're also saying that the Askarov Kaikar France match, you like both those guys. I mean, it wouldn't shock you either way if one of them lost no, it and didn't even get close. If, if, it would shock me if Kai really, didn't yeah, get it would shock me if Kai beat Asker too. So that that well, just can makes scratch off the Kai Car France great. number. I think I think Asker plus three fifty is the move. I think he's holding gold. In our little game, I'll take Pantoja. Love the I love it. That that would be my second best bet. I think Pantoja is the second best bet here. And then there's always that chance too that Figgy comes out and just you know beats beats Moreno here and then holds it. I mean, I I don't love any of those guys. Like I think all those guys against Figgy are are close lines. You know. Okay, men's bantamweight. We got Piotr Jan minus 170, Aljo plus 450, TJ plus 700, Aldo plus 1,000, Cejudo plus 1,000, Marab Devalishvili plus 1,200, Corey Sandhagen plus 14, Sean O'Malley plus 22, Dominic Cruz plus 25, Rob Font plus 25, and Marlon Chido Vera plus 28. I think obviously the best bet is is Piotr. I don't know if anyone's going to beat Piotr for years and years to come. And he's young. the The only two though that I thought had kind of favorable odds are TJ at seven to one. I think he's once he heals, he's next in line for the shot. So you so you kind of have a you don't, you don't think I don't so know about that. And then the other one that. I thought was very interesting was Dom Cruz at, at what he was at. I think 
a lot of people feel like he didn't get his fair shake against Cejudo just because that early stoppage he complained. And he's he's been he's looked good. I mean, he's looked like old retro Dom Cruz. I think if he stays healthy and active, twenty five to one or whatever he is is because because just his his fame and his level of of recognition I think could propel him to a title shot a little bit faster. So I've got two names that are completely different than your two. Um, but I want to preface this with. I don't think Piotr's losing, and I would have Piotr yeah. favored over both these guys. And the reason behind that is because Piotr kicked the shit out of both these guys. But Piotr's <laughs> an idiot. Would. And if interim belts count, Aljo at plus 450 and Sandhagen at 1,400. Sandhagen beat TJ Dillashaw. I don't see how you're going to give the shot to TJ over Corey. No, he didn't. TJ beat Corey. Was that the other – did I mix that up? You mixed Yeah, that up. TJ beat Corey. TJB Corey and Corey also. And then they gave him. Corey the title shot because of injury. Yeah, I mixed but, that up. Yeah. But the other thing, forget the Corey. The other um, thing, too, is Corey, I like yeah, Corey just got a shot. Aljo, interesting. I think I like Aljo over TJ. And, and at this point, the bet is do we think Piotr is dumb or not? No, the answer, the, the only real bet here, I mean, we're getting cute with it, but the only real bet is, is Piotr minus 170. I do not see anyone taking that strap from him. I'm surprised y'all haven't brought up Marab yet, and but maybe that's a 2023 end of 2023. It might even be 2024 gold. type type thing. He look Marab. I love Marab. He's like maybe my my favorite fighter, but I still think he's he's two shots out from the title. And I also don't love the fact of. I think he has a lot of work to do. I don't love the fact how easily Marais caught him. I mean, you see, Marais I also gets, think that Piotr Jan would out wrestle him. Now that I call that a take. No, that that I would love to see just because I I think Marab's pace is ridiculous. And I think that I think Piotr can keep up and he can wrestle with absolutely anyone. I that I disagree with, but I still I still favor Piotr over Marab because of the stand up. But I I think Marab would have the edge on the mat. Look what what he did to Dotson. Dotson's one of the most elusive guys I've ever seen. And he took Dotson down every every shot. It's not so much about elusiveness. Piotr will welcome the scrambles and whatnot. No, I th- and I think that'll be a mistake against a guy like Marab. You need to Marab watch that Magomed Magomedov fight. Marab out, Marab out grapple. Uh, Magomed Magomedov lost last year, but also Marab out grappled uh, Ricky Simone, which is like a, a, another guy that's really tough in the grappling aspect. Still think Piotr will do it. Interesting. Well, hopefully we see that fight. Hopefully we see that fight at some point. I don't know if Marab's booked for a fight anytime soon or Piotr. I doubt it. Bringing us back, I like the TJ number. I think that his timeline works out where he his next fight could be for a title and it would be kind of halfway through the year where he might not have to fight again in the year if he wins. I, 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 I like that one too. Interestingly I, I, enough, last comment, the tapolo- according to Tapology, no one within the top 10 has a fight scheduled. And the highest ranked fighter, the highest ranked fight booked at Bandweight is the Song Yudong Marlon Rice fight. Wild. Yeah. And besides that, it's Kyler Phillips, Marcelo Rojo. Like, I know that's get a lot true. of, yeah. we're probably going to get a lot of new news of some fight matchups soon. All right. Let's talk Featherweight. Another favorite here and a guy who's a perennial Featherweight, who's the oldest Featherweight, in my opinion, kind of like how Aldo's shockingly 33. I think Max is shockingly like i think he's like in his 20s um for all he's accomplished that's just ridiculous 
let's see really quickly. He's he just turned 30 in December. So he's that still blows my mind when you hear that. But here's what we got. And this is the first fight too of 2022. So this is the first main event. So take that like with a with the way you analyze this. But we got Volkanovski minus 180, Max Holloway plus 350, Korean Zombie plus 675. Giga Jakatsi plus 1100, Calvin Cater plus 1600, Josh Emmett plus 1600, Arnold Allen at 2200, Brian Ortega 25, Bryce Mitchell 28, Danny 28, Movzar Evalev 33, and Ilya Tapuria 33. Ilya Tapuria is just not going to get his shot. Not that he's not talented enough, he's just not going to get it yet. So I think you can scrap those guys in the beginning. But yeah, I mean, Giga at 11 and Calvin at 16, they fight here in, in January. So if you can pick the winner of that, you would assume they're either next up or one fight away. I mean, Giga might be next up. Calvin, I think, is falling on hard times. But I don't know. I think Max at 350 is is the best bet here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard passing on Max with the plus dog, dog price in front of his name. You've just not seen it a ton. Um, I don't know. Also, I, I'm what do you big... think Max – what do you think Max Volk three line is? I'm just concerned about the congestion at the top of this division. I don't think that Dan is trying to book Max versus Volk three. Well, it's not going to be Ortega. It's not going to be Yair because Max beat him. Korean zombie, maybe. I think that you're right about the winner of Cater Chikadze maybe getting a shot over the a lot of those guys. I think that Bulk wants to stay active and the problem is though, how do you give Cater a shot over Max after that dismantlement that Max put on? I just I just think that I don't think that they're booking Max Bulk three just yet. I just Interesting. it's hard. So so where where do your likings lie here? I don't like this category, to be honest. I was looking, I mean, it's extensive. I think that if I'm laying here, it's going to be a sprinkle. And I kind of like T City. What if that, what if that, what if that guillotine was just a little bit tighter? You think they're going to run T City back before they run high? No, I, I, I don't. I'm, I don't think it's a, what I, the reasons I was saying I don't love the Holloway bet are like, logic and smart and scheduling this is just a bet on chaos this is a bet on the division freaking out and both okay. maybe dropping his belt and going to challenge at 155 or 135 and then we've got some weird situation where t-city is just submitting people <laughs> that's not even that weird the t-city submitting people is just a day in the life of t-city it's more is that division going to shake out that way so who knows but- Best bet for you is nothing. Kobe, you like anything in that featherweight? You know, I, I I struggle to lay the minus on these on these futures, but I really think that it's Volk. That's my play. Yeah, you know, I think Volk's the best bet if it's not Max. I just think I, I like the Max's number, but again, like it would take a scheduling. I just, I just don't think they run it back but right away. I think and, also, especially because of the fact that the first that, that I believe. Max Volk, which one, one of them was a controversy where everyone was like, oh, Max won. They were both controversies. The second one, Max dropped him in the second or in the first round, uh, and there were no 10 8s given anywhere. But 
I don't know. I, those are fights that we can't get into too much because yeah, I agree. Okay. Men's lightweight. This one, another one of those rare divisions where every single person's of an underdog here. Charles Oliveira is plus 200 to retain his gold throughout 2022. We got Islam Makachev plus 200. Does he get a shot in 2022? We got Benel Dariush plus 400. Justin Gaethje plus 600, which, I mean, he it's seeming he's next in line. Poirier plus 900. McGregor plus 900. Chandler plus 1150. RDA plus 2000. Gregor Gillespie plus 2500. Rafael Fiziev plus 2800. Hanji. The big question here that I think we're all wondering or everyone's wondering is does Islam Makachev get a title shot in 2022? And at a plus 200 price, I'm willing to bet that he does. And that's, that's the most obvious glaring pit for me on this one. And that's not a vote of no confidence for Charles. It's just Islam is Islam. But does um, Islam I think get solved? Here's the thing that's weird about the Charles matchup for every single matchup that, that Islam's had Charles welcomes being on his back. That's the only fear. I mean, Islam can literally play his game plan to a T and Charles Oliveira will be happy about it. I mean, it's happy to a point. If we've got a really short memory, he's happy, but this is the same guy that tapped to ground and pound from Felder. Like, remember, he was literally, like, sitting there and was like, tap, tap, I'm done. Like, quit mid-round to ground and pound, not a submission. I, yeah, I, I generally yeah. think that Islam can be a, a little bit heavier of top pressure than Paul Felder. That that's Yeah, that's not a steaming hot take there. So, I mean, Islam at 200, it's the only time you'll ever see Islam in a plus next to his name. The question just remains, is he getting that 2022 title shot? It sounds like you think he is. I think my favorite part about that Islam line is the fact that he's probably one fight away from getting a title shot. So you're going to end up having, assuming that Islam wins his next matchup, which is Dariush, is that that right? Assuming Islam wins, which if you're betting a future on Islam, you're assuming that he is you're going to get him at plus 300 in a title shot. That's probably happening in the back half of 2022, which, you know, that's going to be the guy that holds gold. Yeah. Islam's a phenomenal bet. The other thing too, is let's just say in that same time period, Charles Oliveira defends against Gaethje. I mean, we saw how Gaethje defended against Habib. Habib will literally write the path to victory for him, for Islam. I think Islam plus 200 is something you jump on. It's just been. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of strikers that could get Oliveira. I mean, even Connor. I know that that's kind of been talked about that, like maybe Connor's getting the fight against Oliveira because Oliveira is going to get a money fight. And yeah, I, mean, but, I don't. I, I don't think Connor's beating Oliveira, but it's possible he can get him and it's possible he can knock him out. And I mean, Islam, Connor's. No I mean, match Connor's a much better striker than Michael Chandler is, and and Michael Chandler had him on skates in the first. What, oh no! Yeah, no. I think I think Connor absolutely has a chance of beating Oliveira. It's just more like you got a guy who's what lost three in a row now with a broken shin, ankle, whatever. It's like Connor. I'm not recommending Connor's the way. Right. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying like there's a lot that needs to happen for this to be Islam Connor. Is kind of going back to 
to Kobe. I, I think my point was more that there's a lot of guys with power in this division that can knock out Oliveira, whatever the next title bout is for Oliveira. And I think that Islam is next in line if he beats Dariush. Islam's toughest a, matchup is Oliveira. After that, for I think sure, every, for yeah. sure. So I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, I think so too. And I think Islam's the lay at, at 200. Okay, Love it. men's welterweight. And this one is another one of those that I like, but Danny, I think, might like this other spot. You got Kamara Usman minus 250, which I like. Here's the other one. Kamzat Chemaev plus 275. Does he get a title shot here in 2022, or does he still have a lot of work to do as well? Then outside of that, you got Leon Edwards plus 900. I think he's in line for a title shot. You got Vicente Luque plus 900. I think he's in line for a title shot. You also have Gilbert Burns plus 1,000 who's looking to climb that. Bilal Muhammad, whose name's been in the mix after that Wonderboy Thompson, he's plus 1,200. Sean Brady plus 1,400. Colby Covington plus 1,800 to be the welterweight champ. And then after that, you got Mazadal plus 2,500, McGregor plus 2,500, Nate Diaz plus 2,500, and Steven Thompson plus 3,300. And you can pretty much write those off. But from Colby and up at plus 1,800, it's it's hard to lay Usman. I think it's even harder to lay Chemayev just because of the fact that, you know, we haven't seen his best competition that he beat is the leech. And I think he's just too far away from that title shot. I think 2023 Chemayev is a better bet. I agree with you completely, and it's for the exact opposite reason. It's for the same reason that I love the Islam bet. I think that Islam will get this title shot. Hamzad, as much as he sprung on and was the most active fighter, the shortest amount of days between fights and, and whatnot, has been really inactive. And I know that he fought COVID and had a lot of troubles with his health and retired and whatnot, but he has one fight in – over a year, and I don't think that beating the leech is just going to give you a title shot in this crowded division. Like you said, yeah. Leon Edwards has been trying to get one for like two years. Vicente no, yeah. Luque is still probably ahead of Kamzat. I and 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 you also got to look if you take a sneak peek at the rankings. And I know the rankings only mean so much, but you got Colby Covington is the number one contender, Gilbert Burns number two, Leon number three, Vicente number four. I mean. Bilal now number five after his win over Thompson. You have to go down to 11 to get to Kamzat. I mean, he's got a fight with Sean Brady maybe in order, Michael Chiesa in order, Neil Magny. Like, he's got – I know Magny and him have been talking. Like, he's got to fight in at least probably two more people. Right. And, I mean, right now he's getting tr- – he's having trouble getting anything booked. I have really no confidence in that Hamzat yeah, play, even though I think if he gets it scheduled, it's a nice play. The number that I like – and it sucks because it's just there's no real path I can see to him getting it a shot again. It's that Colby number. Yeah, Colby number is crazy. Colby's fought what like 49 minutes with Kamaru and debatably won like 23 of them, 24 of them. It's not that inconceivable that they've I and I've been saying that they're not gonna run back these trilogies and we want more action, and there's and same thing I was just saying for Kamzat. There's a lot of guys that aren't named Colby that are going to get the shot probably before him, including Gilbert Burns, who will get a rematch before Colby. But that eighteen hundred number is too big. No, I I agree on the off chance that not only does that Kamaru Colby rivalry sell the shit out of pay per views, but like let's just say Colby. I mean, as the number one contender, he fights. 
of Vicente Luque, Leon Edwards, a Gilbert Burns, any of those guys for the next shot and, and, and wins, it's not out of the realm that, that that's October, November line. They, they run that back and you have an 18 to one shot going into the, the one fight. Cause Colby wants out of the Colby. realm. There, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I think, I think it's Paul, out of the realm that Colby Usman happens again this year. You think that's out of the question? Yeah, I do. I, th- I think it could happen again, but I don't think it happens this year. I think there's no shot. Interesting. Wasn't, I think it would uh, have to be further Kamaru, down the road. Wasn't Kamaru the most active champion in 2021? Three fights. Yeah, three fights. If he has three more, you don't see any of them being Colby? For me, it does. And I think it lines up perfectly for the end of the year, too. It would have to be the third. And how many times have we seen a champion? Like, I, I get that Kamaru is super active, but how many times have we seen a champion fight six times in two years? Like, he's still super active. It's five, and that still seems like a lot. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to okay, write fine. it off. Fine. But what about, okay, so we're writing off comms out at 75. Leon at 900 is very attractive. Vicente Luque at 900 is very attractive. And Gilbert Burns at, at 1,000 is very attractive, in my opinion. I agree, Gilbert. I mean, closest to dropping Kamaru ever. I mean, it's so Co- Kobe. It sounds like you're just saying it's Kamaru and Kamaru only. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning, but I also yeah. not psyched about paying the minus two fifty. Like, I think that I'd rather just play him two well, or three separate him? times. Who's going to beat him? I I don't have an answer. If he's minus four three fifty going into the Covington fight, he's never going to be minus two fifty. Yeah, no, I, I'd rather play him. I don't know. I'd ra- I feel like I'd rather play Usman at minus 400 two or three times than play the minus 250 from the get go. What about you, Danny? Oh, uh, my favorite number is Colby at that 1800. I'm inclined to agree with you. I think I'll honestly probably place that, to be completely honest. Um, and then, yeah, I, bo- I think both Luke and Leon conceivably could maybe get a shot too. And, and, and at nine to one, you're, you're automatically getting value there as well because there's no way Kamaru's minus that much. And, and we know the inactivity, Leon. Leon could win this in July, not fight again until 2023. That's absolutely within the cards. All right. We go That'd be great well- for them because we'll probably get an interim. Two champs is yeah. great for a future bet. Yeah, I wonder how that works. That would be interesting. Oh, uh. Well, do you think Piotr and Aljo are paying right now? So, no. So, so here's year? the thing. All wagers have action. Other under, Okay. Interim does not count in the mm. thing. Interim does not count. That so Leon guessing, number is definitely more attractive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> fight once and never fight again. Yeah, that sounds like a Leon move. Okay. Here's another very interesting one. And the only reason why this one's interesting is because you basically can get value to an extent it, it's middleweight men's middleweight is he's minus 165 which i am not taking as weak as this division is but you got robert whitaker plus 425 i feel like that's a better bet than just taking whitaker straight up against izzy and then well, you got the Martin parlay of robert winning beating him twice because they're giving izzy an instant rematch for sure i mean does it even if, happen in 2022 though i think for sure it, i mean the Rob's battled a ton of injuries in February. Rob's battled a ton of injuries. I know it'll be interesting. Um, Kind on Reese's side. I'm not ready to just say that. I I think I know I agree with Danny that Izzy gets an immediate rematch if he loses, but I'm not convinced it happens in 2022. 
Me neither. Excuse me. Okay. I, so you I, got, I mean, it's, it's happening in February. Well, so look, so you got Izzy plus one minus 165, Rob plus 120 or 425, Marvin Vittori plus 700. He's not getting a shot. Jared oh, Cannon. Well, what? Quick set the spread. What would the line be for you for Izzy to fight twice this year? Well, it's not, he, but you're also scheduled in February, but you're also ruling out minus 350. Fights. You're also ruling out super fights. I am. I am ruling out Izzy going up to light heavyweight because yeah, light John heavyweight Jones, I don't more. think he's going to ever fight yeah. again. But I would say, I would say it's minus that he fights twice. For sure. I would think it's a big minus. And I think that. You think it's more than minus 350? I think an open parlay of Robert Whitaker and Robert Whitaker again will pay more than this 400 is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it definitely will. I mean, if Whitaker wins. I think it, I think the next line is going to be close. It's pretty. It's pretty close. Yeah, it'll be close. I think when they made this line, that's kind of what their their logic probably was. Okay, Jared Cannonier plus eight hundred. I know he's been in the talks of getting a shot. Is he fighting Vittori then, winner? Some or is he fighting Hermanson? He's got a fight up coming up, doesn't he? Cannonier. Jared is scheduled against. Bronson. And winner of that is getting the shot. And so Cannoneers at eight to one and Brunson's at 11 to one. Both of those guys, I think, I mean, I don't think they beat Izzy though. That's the real problem. And then you got Hermanson at 1200, Kamzat 16, Strickland plus 18, Darren Till plus 22, Uriah Hall plus 25. Strickland 18. Here's my play. And he I would box it, with Izzy too. What? I think my play is I'm, I'm, I know Reese, this might hurt, but I'm pretty confident that Izzy's taken down Whitaker again. So maybe the play is you take both Cannoneer and Brunson numbers and then just hedge your way out after Izzy gets scheduled against one of those two. That's possible. That's possible. So so quickly, Strickland's next match is against Hermanson in February. I think It'll be close. It'll be close. Strickland will need to be active though and get wins. I see why it's 18 to one. I, I think the best bet here is Izzy as much as I hate to say it. I, I don't think Izzy's like that dominant of a champion. I just don't see anyone in this list who's going to get it done unless it's Whitaker. And I think Dan's right. You're better off taking two stabs at Whitaker than you are just taking this. I agree. Um, what I cannot wait to bet though at a year from now is the Alex Pereira future of him yeah. dethrone Izzy with another knockout. Yeah. The only problem is, and we've talked about it on the pod quite a bit, but Izzy's grappling has, has is, I would imagine is leaps and bounds of ahead of Pereira at this point in their career. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw it a little bit during the Vittori fight. It, it, Vittori came in there like, yeah. I'm going to more take on you and take you down. I, we haven't seen like Izzy's top game at all though, or anything right. like that, but okay. This one, this is the division I find the most interesting by a lot. Honestly, I agree. I also think this is the best chance to make money. You got men's light heavyweight and you got Yuri Pohashka at plus 275. Alexander Rakic plus 300. Magomed Ankalaev plus 300. Glover, the current champion plus 400. 
Jan Blahovic plus 575. Anthony Smith plus 1,000. Santos plus 1,000. Dominic Reyes plus 1,400. Jamail Hill plus 2,000. Um, I think any of those top three guys are great bets. Real quick, let's set the stage for what this what's at yeah what's happening this division because Rakic versus Blahovich is scheduled for three twenty six, and okay, so that's scheduled for three twenty six, and there's a good shot that there is three twenty. Okay, so there is a line out, and it is dead even. It is PK across the board, which I know that might ruin a three month from now set the spread, but lines move. But right now it's it's even. We'll have a little disclaimer on that. Set the spread. Um, so then we also have Tiago Santos and Magomed and Goliath matched up March 12th, two weeks before that Rakic uh, Blahovich fighting schedule. Okay. And so and that neither one, Yuri would, or Glover have a fight scheduled, right? Correct. I would imagine that. Well, Yuri, Yuri's, Yuri is supposedly fighting Glover next. So here's unscheduled, but yeah. Here, here's basically the way I look at it. You have to ask yourself who wins, Yuri Glover. I think everyone's going to say Yuri. And then the question is, which hasn't any, phased Glover in the past? Glover's no, been not an underdog a, in how many straight? Everyone, but he's also right. 44. But I, I'm with you, and I love Yuri. But then you got to look at Rakic, Blahovich, and Ankalaev. I don't like Blahovich. I don't like how quick he tapped. I don't really like that one. But I think both Rakic and Ankalaev. I like. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not as big of a believer in Rakic as I should be. I and love Rakic. His leg kicks are crazy. Like his 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 kicks in general are just fucking disgusting. And he's got great leg reach. I I like Rakic. I think he handles Blahovich. Here's my question though, Dan, and you would know better than me. Out of the out of out of those three guys, Yuri, Rakic, Ankalaev, and and I guess Blahovich, who has the best ground game? Because that's the battle you're gonna have to face when you're facing a guy like Glover. I think it's Magomed. See, it I has also, to be Magomed. I also thought it was Magomed. And I think that if you're trying to decide between taking one of those top three numbers. You take the biggest one, take Magomed. And I mean, obviously, Rakic and Magomed are right, the same. Right, but I, I agree. I think, because you look at it this way, Rakic, Magomed, let's do a quick line set. Where, where are you putting your money? Or, like, what do you think the line's going to be? I think Magomed's the favorite. I agree, and I think that if – I think we're going to see his offensive grappling and his top pressure on display versus Thiago Santos, and I think that's going to make him maybe even a favorite as a challenger for the belt. I agree. I think, would it be weird? Is it weird to say here? Yeah. Santos at 10 to one's not worth it, but would it be weird to say that I like that? I don't think, I think pro Hoshka does not like, I do not like that pro Hoshka line, even at plus two seventy five. I think I'd much rather, even though it's only 25 cents, I feel like I'd rather have, um, Ankaliyev. And then, and then I also don't want to, is is no I'm really one? not convinced Ankalaev gets a title shot this year, even even really? if, if you beat Santos. Because I'm I'm looking at this Glover Yuri fight that we're talking about in theory that's not scheduled, and I think that the winner of Jan Rakic gets the gets the next title shot. So I think that we're looking at three fights out for Ankalaev. I just don't see it happening in, in 2022. 
Hmm. Well then, well then let's point, say, but... let's say light heavyweights, not that active. You can, you can bet on the guy who's currently holding gold at, at plus 400. I right. mean, there, there's there, no, I actually have that written down separately. I think that it's very possible. There's only one title shot. Or there's only one title bout in this division all year. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's you, possible. There's two, but I, if you think I, that like, you I wouldn't be shocked. If say, one. You could basically say I have Glover to share a plus 400 against Pohashka. Which is like obviously a great bet. We all which is a, it's a little bit of a stretch because you know we think there's going to be two, but it wouldn't be shocking if there's only one. Well, they don't even have it booked yet, so they wouldn't get it booked before March, right? I mean, they're, probably not. Yeah, yeah, they're it wouldn't get summer. Before March. They wouldn't, especially with that rackage Blahovich. So they're looking summer. They're looking April, May. So spring, right. summer, April, May, June. So then he wins that, especially Glover being forty-four. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I really, I really only think there's four possible outcomes in this, and it's those yeah. top. It's not the top four numbers, but it's the top four ranked guys right now. It's Glover, Blahovich, Brahaska, Rakic, and it's because we kind of have a what's it called, Dan? We got a two on two, and the winners are gonna what? Well, basically, I think a bottleneck. Well, basically, mm-hmm. you got basically you got Rakic, Blahovich. Rakic Blahovich at even, which everyone loses that is instantly eliminated from this. Grand Prix is what I was thinking of. Yeah, but look, look, look. Rakic and Blahovich, winner of that is instantly, or loser of that's instantly eliminated from that mix. So if you have an edge Agreed. there, you bet the other one. So if you like Rakic there, you, you bet Rakic there because he gets a title shot in 2022, I would imagine. But he's not again. Very it goes back to if there's a, yeah. if there's a second fight. Yeah, like, none yeah, of these I, guys are active. So so where's if you're placing and it's okay to say I'm not. Where, where's your money at? I think I'm on Yuri because I think that I like him over Glover, and I'll take the odds that like you know if we're expecting one and a half title fights this year out of this division, and Yuri's for sure in the first yeah. one, which again isn't even a for sure, but we're I mean, no, we're assuming that it is. Yeah, it is. I think that I'm taking Yuri. Damn. I came in with ankle I have written down, but I see what you're saying, Kobe, and it makes a lot of sense. I know this sounds weird because I just said I wasn't sold on him, but I think you got to go with the biggest number of the guy I think is going to get the last title shot, and it's Alexander Rakic. Yeah, I I like Alexander Rakic too. I literally just put a gummy in my mouth, and I have no idea why because now everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy? This guy talks like he has cotton in his mouth. It was just an impulse. Absolute impulse. I saw it, couldn't help myself. Sometimes the gummies are just too tasty. Dude, I saw it, I couldn't help myself. But Rackets plus 300 were, is where I'm at. It's so ridiculous. Do not cut this, Kobe. And now, I was going to say, we could, we could turn it into a new sponsored segment. But some, yeah, by, need a Delta 8 company on us. No, the, the new sponsored segment, random gummy he found in his room. <laughs> I mean, it's just a gummy. I, it wasn't a gummy bear. It just was like it was a gummy creature. Um, men's heavyweight champion, the last division of them all. We got Francis and Ganu plus two twenty five, and his future in the UFC is seemingly up in the air. Then you got Cyril Gan plus two seventy five, Curtis Blades plus six hundred, Stipe plus six fifty, John Jones plus six fifty. Derek Lewis plus 700, Volkov plus 900, Tom Aspinall plus 1,600. 
Rosenstrike plus 1,800. Daukus, 2,500. All right, stop saying names. That's the last one, guy. Okay. Dude, I, there I, might be. We've taken multiple, like, 20 to ones. Like, what, what do you want from me, man? I'm saying in this division in particular. I just – I. I don't this, think there's this anything. division in particular. You're looking at a champion who might leave to go box. You have a guy who has 10 total mixed martial arts fights and you have every single name listed below is like, I mean, is Stipe going to fight? No one knows. Is John Jones going to fight? No one really knows. I forgot I mean, how deep you think heavyweight is. It's not. not deep at all. It's more how not deep it is. So one win and all of a sudden they're like, we just need a body so someone can fight again. My I'm ready to put the house on that. It's either one of the top two, and I can't believe I can get them both at a plus two or greater. Well, you could get in a weird spot where, and here's why you can get you could lose both, and here's why. Francis wins. Francis goes in boxes. Interim title. Interim title fight. Now all there is is an interim title holder for. Or no, it'd be a unification. It would be. It'd be a vacant title. If, if shot. Francis yeah, leaves right. the It'd UFC, they would have a vacant, It'd be vacant. title. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I think Gon would. I mean, it depends on how Gon looks and if he could fight again when it is. But I think Gon would probably be in the fight. Yeah, and then what's Stipe doing? So I think I think twenty twenty three. Tom Aspinall is a better bet. He's too far out at sixteen to one. So where? Is it? I, I think Gon's the bet. Gon's the bet. Yeah, Gon's the bet. I, I don't want to play my hand, but you're Gon's getting, it. like Kobe said, realistically, there are two horses in this race. One of them is on one fight left in his contract and has been pretty vocal about how he does not feel he's been treated well by the UFC. I mean, looking at you look at his record is the guy that has, I mean, a combined like. 30 seconds of fight time in his last three fights, but they've been over the course of three years. You don't think a guy that's only competes for 10 seconds a night can get in there and do it more, more than once a year. Um, And they're taking a paychecks away from him. And he should be one of the most marketable stars in the world. I mean, you talk, I mean, whatever the Kurt Warner movie just came out. This is another one of those, like if you brought the script to Hollywood, they would say, no, this is too like, generic Disney, whatever, like right. Francis is that story. But I mean, I'm going to be betting on Cyril in that fight. Cyril's the better fighter. Cyril's it's technique versus power. I'm betting technique every time. Now, now Dan, like let me it. ask you one question. Let's just say gone wins his shot. First challenger. Let's say, I don't know if they're what, what the top matchups are looking like, but let's say blades. Cause blades is a guy I've always liked. Gone doesn't have the power. Francis does. Blades is an elite, elite, elite wrestler. I don't think it's the same story of Gone versus Blades as it is, as it is in Gone versus Blades. I don't think it's that, the same story at all. I just think that. Well, I'm just Gon saying I has think, the ground game to play. I know, but I don't I, think he's going to stop all the takedowns. But I think he's going to be able to get space. And, and get to an elbow, get up, maybe even get a sweep. I mean, we're talking about a guy that shot for a heel Dontel Mays. I mean, <laughs> like, he's got just the heavyweights don't see that Curtis Blades probably has never seen it this size. Well, so with all that being said, you can get a guy who is PK right now to win the belt 
at and then and then even if he loses and gone you have the option that gone leaves and he gets the the unific or the the vacant shot i think gone's the only mm-hmm. play here and, and getting plus line is pretty tasty i love gone here i don't i hate to keep bringing it back to this but if gone beats Nganu, are we sure that Nganu is just out of the picture and he doesn't want to come back and challenge for a belt before he leaves the ufc no, I, mean, but, I know that we're all speculating here in the first place, and he's not necessarily even leaving the UFC for sure. But I like, I think there is, like, if you think that Ngannou is going to be gone, and we're talking that that's even money, I think that you could play Ngannou too. I don't, I don't think there's only one play, but I think that there's only two plays. Yeah. So you're saying you could take both and guarantee yourself money, assuming one of the long shots doesn't win. Right, and I'm, I, I guess I'm less serious about that, but I'm more serious about that. There's really only two plays in the in this division. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that that pretty much wraps it up. There's a lot of underdogs. I think that's the story that that surprised me the most. A lot of the favorites from the division. There were a lot of spots that we kind of worked around. Light heavyweight, quick, heavyweight, definitely some spots. Can we go rapid fire real quick? What? is your guys' individual favorite play out of all those? I know we went through every division. What's your guys' favorite play? I'll let Dan lead it off. I mean, my favorite play out of all of them, and this is going to be the most uncharacteristic thing of all time, is a woman's favorite at woman's bantamweight, Amanda Nunes. I mean, we just saw her. Minus 115. Climb her way to the GOAT of of the woman's side of the sport. Uh, she's beaten Valentina twice as much as I those scorecards are controversial and I would probably favor her back Valentina in a third. This is, I mean, she's a woman that has and can be fucking everyone. It is such a treat of a line. Yeah. Dan definitely stole a little bit of my wake. I think the only other two that like, I mean, other than I, I, I do really like that Covington 18-1. I know, I mean, that's just such a long shot, but that's something that I'd actually see myself placing. But other than that, the the two that I really like, and I know you said just to pick one, but I really need to pick two here, is um, Piotr Jan, minus 170. And I know we named a lot of other names there, but I just think it's really just a fight for who's second best. I think Piotr dominated Aljo. He looked really sharp against Sandy and who, who made it look tough against TJ. I think Jan really is just that much better than these guys. And I, I think Piotr's, I'd be shocked if he's not holding gold next year. I know the 170 is like scary, but I like that. And then the other one is Max Holloway plus 350. I know you guys completely disagree with me on the likelihood of that fight happening. I think it's closer in the works than we really realize. I totally disagree with you there. Yeah, and, and then getting plus three fifty on on a guy that yeah. featherweight goat, you can make arguments about whether he won once or even twice, and you know he's been in there with Volk now. It's it's I th- I think that if that fight happens, which is the big question, you're licking your chops at plus three fifty. My two favorite are closer to, or I don't know, they're a little bit longer odds than the minus numbers that y'all put, but they're really based out of. I really like their chances of getting in a last title shot at their respective divisions in this given year. And that's Islam and that's Yuri. I think they both have a really good shot in fighting for the title in the last title shot in 2022. 
at their respective divisions. And that's kind of where it's based out of. Not to throw you on the spot, but why Yuri? And the only reason why I say that is because from what really? I understand, we were thinking Glover and Yuri are going to fight in, in, in like. In the summer. Spring or spring summer. summer. So yeah, you're banking think, but, that that's going to be the only shot all year for a light heavyweight? No, I'm not banking on it, but I'm I'm thinking that that's very Because I was thinking year-end, like November, December, where Islam really lines up there, you know? I think that that – I mean, that's more – I agree. I think it's more likely that Islam is, like, kind of getting his first title shot end of year. I guess I just really like Yuri over Glover, and I, I'll take the chances that, you know, it if there is a second title shot – at light heavyweight this year, I still think I like Yuri, but I also like I'm I, I'm also not convinced that there's going to be two, so it's kind of a twofer. And that's all we can ever ask for. So with that all being said, I mean it's also nice when you say what's your favorites and every single person names a different one. <laughs> that's great. So definitely a lot of stuff you can bet there. We have one more new segment coming right up uh, here after this. We got. A buddy of ours coming on from Chicago Six Sports Cards. And we've talked and hinted towards sports cards before on the program. So if that's something that interests you, especially with UFC getting deep down that sports card hole, stay tuned and, and listen to that because there'll be a lot of good information there and, and shouldn't be too long either. So definitely worth the listen. Yep. Take a quick break and be right back. All right. As promised, the futures are wrapped up. And we have our buddy Asher with Chicago Six Sports Cards here to talk sports cards and, and hopefully all things UFC. He's a big super fan. How you doing, Asher? Let's go. I'm fired up to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kobe, Reese, Danny, not Parker. <laughs> yeah, he's a buddy with all of us, so he gives Parker just as much shit as we do, especially for not being on. So here's the big thing. I we, We've talked about rookies. Um, especially we'll, we'll focus just on UFC, but we talk about rookies here a lot. The rookie class, honestly, there were a lot of names looking forward when we were talking about our future champions. Yuri Pohashka is a potential champion. He's got a rookie card. Gilbert Burns, potential yep. champion. Hamza Chimaev, potential champion. All have rookie Certain. cards. All have rookie cards this year in this class. And so a lot of people don't know how to get involved other than, you know, going out and buying a, a, a ridiculously expensive box that honestly is is hard to really break way into the hobby. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I know you you break, which we which uh, a rundown would be nice on that, but you break UFC cards so that I, a, everyone can get involved in the game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm with the Chicago Six. I'm a uh, co-owner here. There's six of us. It's six best friends. We uh, started this a while back. Um, we're, we're really best friends, sport, all sports lovers. We've always been into sports cards and, um, you know, we've always been looking for a side hobby to do. And uh, once live streaming and sports cards united, it was just uh, the stars aligning for us. So um, we started on Instagram. We're on whatnot now. And yeah, like you said, UFC coming into it with uh, Prism UFC. Prism is, is one of the biggest, brand, uh, most popular of Panini's products. And it's uh, once they made their first line of UFC cards, UFC just kind of exploded um, onto the card industry and, map. And that's a big thing. I mean, there's all these talks right now. I mean, you hear it. You pretty much 
can't avoid it between crypto, NFT, collectibles, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people were like, well, I missed the sports cards wave. You know, I missed basketball cards. I missed baseball. Those, those have run up, you know, in the thousand percents. And UFC really, like you said, since being in Panini is just starting to pick up steam. They have these uh, new collections coming out. I mean, Immaculate Collection came out. I opened a box of that. We had a lot of Prism, like you said, select. So you, you run off What's Not, What's Not and Instagram. It's, it's a live streaming. But my, my question is, if I'm a listener and I want to get, you know, potential Kamzat rookie card or, or Gilbert Burns or Yuri Pohoshka, any of those guys, how could you help aid me in that process? Like what, what would, so you we reach out to you on Instagram and, and then, and then oh, how yeah. do you go from there? Well, well, there's a couple of ways. First of all, if you want to break a box, we could do that live. And that's, I mean, that has a lot of uh, pros and cons. Cons are, you know, it's a lot more risky. You're not guaranteed anything. Uh, the pros are, you know, it's a lot more fun. Um, it's a little bit of gamble. And uh, you could hit really big cards that are uh, you get for less expensive. Really yeah, cards cheaper, that- entry, cheaper entry point for sure, which is the big thing. Because I have friends who are like, well, you know, I want to get into these cards. It looks so fun, but I'm not dropping a thousand bucks on a box. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I've, I've even seen some uh, weight class, weight class uh, divisional breaks which have been okay. really cool to see because it just shows how, how, how big UFC has gotten. Is that how you guys so, do it? No, no, no. I, I, I haven't done many of those. We, we're still, honestly, uh, like I, I'm made, one of the only ones that is into UFC on the team. So UFC, I'm trying to build that base. That's, I mean, I, I, I see every single night. I'm like, someone, please let me rip you a goddamn UFC box, please. We got some prism, <laughs> we got H2s, we got, it, it's unreal. I mean, but the, the, like you said, there, there's other ways to buy it too. You can go onto eBay. I mean, if you want, it's, it's a lot, you're going to be paying a lot more fees. You're going to be uh, battling probably in an auction and you really don't have any control. Um, you know, with us, you could, you could come to me and you could tell me who you're looking for and what kind of price range you, you got what you're looking to spend and I can get you exactly what you're looking for. And what's really fun about it too, is the, the basic way to look at it is you buy, let's say, let's just say Kamzat Chemaev. I mean, he's really expensive right now, but, or, or a dark horse, let's say Bryce Mitchell, you know, you got the, the featherweight grappler. I love you Bryce. think he's going to be a title. Yeah. Thought, he's a beast. He's hilarious too. You think he's going to be a, a personality or a title holder someday. You buy his card now for cheap. You know, you're, you're listening, you're doing your research, you're here early, and then you sit on it. He becomes champion and you now sell it for significantly more than when you initially bought it is, is the main premise. Yep. yep. So, and it's funny you said that yeah. the people missed the wave in the sports card industry because it, it's, it's only just begun. I mean, that wave created a whole new industry within the industry and created so many different sectors of the industry and brought so many new people into the industry that it's, it's only just begun. It's hit a new plateau. Sure. And, and it's hit a new base maybe, but it's only up from here. So if you're actually looking to make money in, a, in an investment and in an alternative investment in a long term or even short term, think about Cyril Ghosn. If you yeah. buy his card right now and he becomes champion, that card's going to shoot. Or better yet, if you buy in Ghana when he wins. But yeah. I mean, Cyril Ghan, right? He's a rookie. He he. Speaking of rookies, he's in that class too. So yeah, he is. And you, you touched. You you literally drilled it. And and especially with being like, 
we we focus on such a niche area as being a, a specifically MMA UFC related podcast that if you find a niche in the sports card market, MMA or UFC Panini cards, you really do have the edge on the overall market. Because if you're listening to this, I mean, you you know who the Marab Devalishvili's of the world are, a guy who has a rookie card. You know who the um, Yao Zhanans are of the world, another gal who has a rookie card this year. So it's a really good rookie class. And what they're, what they're doing over at Chicago Six Sports Cards is a, a great entryway into the hobby, a great entertaining way to learn about the hobby as well. So I know we talk about cards here a lot. Check our buddies out at Chicago Six Sports Cards if you're interested. Hit them up with questions anytime. Asher, one more yeah. thing. Yeah, Add, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we went through all the futures and – and you have seen who's going to be holding gold a year from today. If you had to put your money anywhere, safest bet, let's talk men's division. Who, who do you like that that'll be holding gold come a year from today? What weight class are we starting with? Hmm. Let's do, let's do one with some rookies. Let's do take it wherever you want it. Ash. Who, who do yeah, you well, like take it wherever you want it, but I want to do one with some rookies. Yuri Pohashka, uh, Magomed Ankalaev have rookie cards. Uh, Alex Alexander Rakic. Let's talk light heavyweight. Who's the light heavyweight okay. champion a year from today? I mean, there's no way Glover Teixeira makes it through the year. If he does, <laughs> I'll be so so shocked. Similar take um, to all of us. Um, honestly, I want to say Yuri. I really Yuri. do. I would love to see Lion. I would love to see Lionheart somehow take the uh, take the belt. I don't think he'll get a shot at it. No, the only um, way he's getting a shot, the only chance he had of winning that belt was when he took that illegal knee from Jones. You gotta <laughs> sell it. You gotta pull an Aljo. Um, like he's like a uh, a guilty pleasure fan. Like I'm like a fan of his, but I, I like don't even like to admit it. Almost. <laughs> I love Lionheart. He's a beast. Um. Danny, also a little pre-record. You mentioned you asked if there's another set coming up for Prism, and it's interesting you say that the new Prism UFC set, if you want to get in fresh, releases this February, February second, and the only rookie that I've seen pictured because the checklist isn't out yet is your boy Dalkus. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna ask where where can I find a um. A Chris Dalkus Prism rookie. No, I was gonna say the the rookie checklist of the last Prism set because I've been sitting here looking for it. Yeah, but, so it's hard. They don't label the rookies, but I'm a sick fuck enough where I can just rattle it off the top of my head. But you know, Marab Duvall's really Michael Chandler got a rookie card that one. Gilbert Poha Burns got a rookie card in that one. Dan Ige, yeah. Marvin Vittori. That I mean, there's a Michael lot Pereira. of guys. Michael Baeza, there's a lot of guys who are on that fringe yeah. title shot that really can find themselves a home in 2022. Asker Askarov, I think, was a rookie as well. Asker Askarov, and he? so is Brandon Moreno. So you pretty much can Moreno's lock already in. got the – yeah, we haven't even – Yeah, you can lock already in got flyweight locked. champ. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just, Moreno, Moreno's – What's up? Moreno's a crazy buy right now. I mean, his card's all over the place because – so many people aren't sure about his future and so many people already piled money into him. So yeah. Even better. Asher, how old he do you seems think like Brandon a really sellable is? champion though? Super, like a likable guy. Sellable. Yeah. 
What, what, you what how old do you think Brandon Moreno is? <laughs> that, that's such a funny question because I'm like ashamed to admit I don't know for the amount of times I've seen his age. But no, you're fine. 27. I, and I was, dude, you didn't let me guess. Oh, I thought you basically admitted failure. <laughs> I did, but you still said guess. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. We were going to say 27. Yeah, I was between 27 and 29. Well, you got a guy in 27 and 29 or 27. We talk about all the time that Prime. I know, Jesus. Cut that, cut that, clip that chat. No, we talk about all the time that Primes in the UFC are from 27 to like 33. So even if he, let's just say he loses this bout up to Figgy or Asker Askarov, you got a guy who's going to be around for the next, you know, six to eight years at least to help you right. build up that record run. Right. hundred percent. One 100%. more thing before we go, who's your favorite investment card right now? I said, Asher, I'm giving you a hundred bucks and you got to buy one person's card for the long haul. Both we'll do one on UFC related and one UFC related. Where's your money? I mean, UFC related is Hamza. That's there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, that's really the only you answer. Can, you can get a prism base of him for, under 50 bucks and you could grade that. And if it's, if you get a, if you find a sharp one, you grade it, you, you get a 10, you know, that that's going to go up to $500 sooner. Like by the time yeah, it's it already is, it actually already is $500. It's already gone up to $500. Yeah. So that just goes to show, I mean, that he he's the best. It's, it's right. It's like, like you said, Reese, people think they missed the, they missed the boom. It, it's all on how you look at it and, and, who you're willing to invest in, who you believe in and who's coming in next, who's upcoming and who's gone. There's always, that's the best thing about sports is there's always more to come. And so, with so that, the truth, of, and I, I'll be the first to admit it. I missed on that Hamza. We were talking on the podcast before yeah. you date how much that we were all over him and there will be more. And, and I know listeners, if you've been following my prospects, you're going to make some money in, the, in these cards. No, for sure. Right. And like, when Danny says there will be more, I mean, Asher, on this podcast, all we were talking about Hamza before cards are out. We were talking about Cyril Gone before cards are out. I mean, like, let's say Ilya Tapuria gets one in this next set. Like, we got to be all right. over it. Brendan Allen has right. one in this set that I. Everybody, you got to be ears in. You got to be. Does yeah. Shavkat have a card? These guys. Shavkat rock. No way. Shavkat. Yeah, I, 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 don't card, right? so. he, I don't think He'll so. I don't think so. He'll be the first I buy. <laughs> but so, so, Ash. Non UFC yeah. related. Where where's who's your investment vehicle? Non UFC related. Again, just missed the boat on Burrow. Like he's he's blowing up now. Yeah. But Burrow Burrow over the last year was was who I was looking at as the the next best investment. Basketball. It's so tough with hoops. I would yeah. love to say someone in hoops like you know you you want to say Luca, Ja, Lamelo, Ed, Edwards, but hoops is just so all over the place. And I feel like football with a quarterback, it's just a, the, you have a little more certainty in betting on their future. I, that's my personal opinion compared to basketball. UFC, UFC cards are, in my opinion, and most, uh, for lack of better words, in your control. Um, obviously, it's not because it's one fight. Could, that's it. You're done. And it could shoot down. But again, it's a future bet. He get Moreno. If he loses the belt, you buy more of his cards. Fuck it. 
Yeah. Dive, dive even deeper into him by the dip. Yeah. He's going exactly. to get another shot at it. It's interesting you say it like that because it is really a stock market within itself. You said by the dip. And that's so accurate to what it really is, is just treating it as almost like each individual person you're buying stock in when you buy a sports card. Oh yeah. I mean, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a page called card stock that, you know, has cards stocks as they, as they ha- have ro- rose and uh, drop over time. Right. There's hey, so be- many. Before there's we wrap Ash. And, yeah. Sorry. Before we wrap Ash, I, we can kind of hear you guys are live in the background. So make sure you hit us with where we can follow you guys live. What platforms, what's your handles hit us with all yes, your socials. Absolutely. We are on Instagram at uh, Chicago six sports cards. Right now, yeah, as you can hear, probably we're on whatnot. Also, uh, Chicago Six. It's just Chicago Six on whatnot. Actually, no sports cards. Um, you can hit us up on TikTok for sure. We're trying. We're gonna go start going live on TikTok pretty soon. We're trying to blow that spot up. Yeah, that's you know, a good it, spot. It's 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 gotten big. There's there's a lot of pages who have gotten a lot of traction on TikTok, which is interesting because you know to me, I think they're getting a lot of viewers, not too many buyers, but it seems to have translated. So, you know, once you, once you build a brand and, and you build a personality that people can relate with, people start to buy in, people buying emotions, you know, people don't yeah. buy prices. For sure. So basically every much single handle, time. yeah. Chicago six or Chicago <laughs> sports cards. Right. Exactly. Chicago six. You can't miss us. Um, we would love to hear from you. Definitely yeah. DM us. Hit us up have any questions we, we we are here to help and here to uh you know here to stay and tell us that and tell them that uh ankle pick sent you as well and that you enjoyed him on the show yeah please do please do so ankle that's pick. it for y'all us the best. we'll be shouting y'all out yeah there you go please do and, and that that's it for us here in the first episode of 2023 2022 i've been saying 2023 all night 2022 thank you again asher for coming on it was Honestly, thanks for, for spending your time here. And hopefully some people start getting into that card, that sports card world. It's an absolute blast. Hey, can Ash close us up with a poha? I would love nothing more. So Ash, Ash, real quick. We, we closed most of our episodes up by just basically screaming poha. It's Portuguese for like, fuck yeah. And basically when, when a Brazilian fighter, you'll, you'll catch it now a million times if you don't already know about it. But they're, they're screaming poha, poha, poha the whole fight. Our boys, Gilby Burns and a bunch of other Brazilian fighters, they'll let them loose. So we close up all our episodes with it. If you want to have the honors, it's all you. The big old poha? Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. I'm so honored to be here. You guys absolutely love you. Poha! There it is, baby. The best poha to date. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.